0: The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With nifty business on News Talk. If you're a regular listener, you may have noticed a certain tension in a a recent podcast, that being the path to power, because I'm told that it, it was the time where the two people responsible for it had their first real tense, bitter argument and they're only I think even now coming to terms with it all these days, uh, days later that is of course Ivan Yates uh, broadcaster and the one and only Matt Cooper third episode Matt is that right
1: Pat? yeah third episode in, and they're already thinking what have I walked myself into when I have to put up with the extreme views of Ivan Yates who ha- doesn't really like listening to reason who just keeps putting his own opinions down your throat well Matt
0: I'm reminded <laughs> of you know that, that, that parable that um, Donald Trump has about the snake where at the end of it the snake says, you knew what I was when you took me in. Surely you
1: knew what he was. <laughs> you know, this came about actually, sorry, Ivan, I said, yeah. but I was actually very ill when I came up with this idea. I had pneumonia, <laughs> I had COVID, constantly and, Ill, and I was I lying on my sick bed, as well as and I said, what ideas do I want to do when I get myself better? And like an Egypt, probably in the fits of high temperature and delirium, I decided i would ring Ivan Yates and see, would he like to do a political podcast with me? That,
2: so okay. That was last June. and uh, So Matt doesn't get sick, he doesn't get COVID, he's terminally ill when he gets like that and he's on his deathbed. So. But isn't
0: it nice to know that when he's alone, tucked up in bed, the
1: person he thinks about <laughs> no, is you. He was you. hallucinating,
2: that was the problem. So no.
1: Sorry, the, the hypochondriac with the bad back is accusing me of anyone who claims to be sick. So the, the context
2: of this was that I had received a number of approaches since I left full-time broadcasting in 2020 to do a podcast, including RTE and others, And I always said, because my entire broadcasting career, small as it was, was always based on an OBE, other buggers' efforts, researchers, producers, editors, did all the work, and I took all the credit. But Matt offered to edit it and put it together. And with Noel Kelly Productions, Aidan Power now does that as well. So I just have to rock up Put him wise on a few things, and we we go again. So I'm I know nothing about podcasts, but apparently there are charts in Apple and Spotify. And for the first two episodes, uh, those that are charted, uh, we came in number one of all podcasts, not just the political ones. So there must be some gap in the
0: market. It Little didn't... old me knows. I know nothing about how they measure these things, but <laughs> I believe we're number one and have been each day so far. <laughs> He's well, so modest, modest, isn't he? Isn't he? <laughs> he just... Yeah, yeah. Now hang on for a minute. You mentioned Noel <laughs> Kelly Productions. Did either of you pause briefly in relation to being involved with Noel Kelly, given the revelations of his involvement in creative accounting with
1: RTE? Yeah, I mean, obviously, funny enough, actually, we had our conversation, our first conversation about doing this with of Tindall down in Noel Kelly's office the day before the Ryan Tumperty story broke. And then we were there at, oh... That's interesting. Let's see how this one plays out. But, you know, we, we watched all the stuff that went on, the Eroctus Committee and the rest of it. We've had a good working relationship. We haven't been with uh, Noel County Management for that many years. We've had a good working relationship. We've always felt they've looked after us very well and very honestly. And we didn't see any reason because of a difficulty between Noel County Management and RT, which I think on the balance was more RT's issue. No any reason ethical reasons. No ethical
2: there you go. Matt, Matt has to wrestle with his conscience. I have the morals of an alley cat. i may moral. have nothing to see here? Move on, next question.
1: I'm quite happy to be with them. Having thought about it and considered it and believing it was the right thing to stay with them. Okay, well, while we're talking about you supping with a long spoon,
0: how do you handle being with an Ivan Yates unrestrained by broadcasting No, no saying, or
2: anything yeah. yeah
0: he can say anything he can let his inner right wing blue shirt <laughs> run riot across the room I know
2: Well, in fairness, the context here is that there is an element of kind of the old odd couple with Felix and Onger, insofar as that Matt is a genuine journalist. If anyone accuses me of being a journalist, I take it as an offense. I'm an entertainer. I provide my opinions, and actually the contrast works well. Because he actually knows what's going on. I tell you what I feel is going on. And I also I also think that we're not like you, like you're not going to absolutely rip the gizzards out of Leo or Mehol or Mary Lou because you might want them on the show next Sunday and the fact of the matter is I don't care about that and I, I, I therefore give my I, do. I want them on the <laughs> <it> next week <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, I think and as you say podcasts as of now are not regulated by the BI or anyone else so I have more freedom but I'm proud to say even though there was both on radio and TV a myriad of complaints against me none were ever upheld
1: There was another night where he threw a pen in the direction of Michael healy Ray. Eamon Dunphy style, right? 250,000 views. <laughs> so, Michael Healy Ray took offence at this and demanded an apology and Ivan was not for apologising. The man was not for turning. Sorry, I
2: do apologise. If you were upset, Matt, I'm sorry for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Siobhan Russell, who was our producer at the time, insisted to Ivan that he was going to have to apologise because she wanted Michael Healy Ray to continue to be a contributor to the programme. But it was one of the funniest things I've seen because the night he came back out to be apologised to on air a row broke up between the two of them before this programme started and I thought Michael Healy Ray was going to storm off before we even began the programme having announced that he was going to be on and I had to sort of step in but I have to say I think I just take your side in it because I turned on to Michael Healy Ray and said, "You've had your apology now. Don't be looking for more than this." And uh, we calmed him down. I like the way you get more cork when you are annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what happened six months
2: later? He said,
0: "Be sure to stir it up tonight." He said, "It's great for the old ratings down in Kerry." <laughs> now, to pick up on the the Felix and Oscar odd couple thing, okay. any time that this style of podcast has been done before, if you if you look at um, Alistair Campbell and the rest is politics, indeed, yeah. there is a very clear political. Political uh, divide. There is somebody who's Conservative there is somebody who's Labour. We had um, the, the Crossfire and CNN doing a similar thing. The one thing we don't know about you Matt is, we can we can obviously infer, but we don't know about your political leanings. I don't have a political Ah leanings. come on. I don't. I mean well,
2: actually, He's very woke, he's very PC <laughs> oh, and he's very moral. fine, sorry. Twenty euro f- every
1: time he calls me, there's a four letter word sorry. not allowed on the podcast. There is crystal clarity right? in his views. And the four letter word is not the one that starts with F, it's the one that starts with W called woke. So I've I actually told him and I'm now going to insist every time he calls me that 20 euro has to go into a jar. But you're we're saying... At 80 euro at this stage and at the end of the run we're going to take the money and to prove that I'm not woke we're going to split it and then we're each going to have a bet and we'll have the winnings and the bet will go to charity.
0: You're saying that you are pol- totally politically agnostic. You rise above. You have no political leanings whatsoever.
1: No, no, I genuinely... And the other thing is nobody has ever known which way I voted. Not even Aileen knows. My children don't know. They've all asked me and I, all I will say is I think that there have been particular elections on the way when people would probably be astonished to know which way I'd would you if. not be served by tipping your hand at this
0: point so that you could take a counterpoint or we could say oh well they're both fellow travellers there's they cut them and they bleed Fine Gael.
1: no
2: <laughs> Miguel don't think that of me, by the way. <laughs> well,
1: that's because you got recently <laughs> into bed with Dana Fall. That's like, right. We don't know right. where you going next. Yeah, he, sorry, so, he actually put it well in one uh, print interview that we did, right? And I actually think, yeah, that's maybe not a bad description. He says that uh, I talk about the way I want the world to be and he talks about the way the world is. Now, I think I'm actually more pragmatic and realistic than that but that's what he thinks. This raises a thing. Uh,
0: This is, the the title I assume links to some extent with Ivan's crystal ball because Ivan maintains that we are going to see a a 40 seat, um, I was going to say resurgence, but upsurgence in Sinn Féin's position that there is going to be a whole new cast of characters coming in and that Sinn Féin are going to dominate the next doll. This is based on what? Your desire to get ratings for the podcast? No, no, no.
2: I have (laughs) consistently said that Sinn Féin in an enlarged doll of one. 74 instead of 160 we'll get between 58 and 72 seats and uh, the fact of the matter is The most recent poll on Sunday, and all the polls show that. But even in the last election, they got the most votes, 24.5%. They left 12 seats behind them because they didn't run enough candidates. They won't make that mistake again. If the local elections come first, which is what the government say they're going to do, to have a fifth budget, all those candidates, poll-topping candidates, will be available to stand for the doll. I think this juggernaut is so inevitable because the cohort of people in their 30s have decided that the boomer generation has screwed them over they can't afford a home ownership, home ownership has gone from 90 down to 60% they don't have a defined benefit pension outside the public sector all of which their parents expect Now
0: how do you square that with where we have seen before significant rises of the left going back to Gilmore for Fortishek and the scale that Labour had which all ran into the sands when it was electorally tested how is this different?
2: Well uh, first of all it's a new generation of voters uh, and secondly it's not a flash in the pan it's been a con- we've had no election since 2020 this has been a constant trend might go up or down if, if Sinn Féin falter on the migration question which in working class areas is clear cut uh, then uh, but they've mended their hand on that now I've known you Matt can, a long can, time you and cannot
1: and predict at the moment what's going to happen in the next election nobody came within an ass's roar of correctly predicting the outcome of the 2020 election even on the basis of the polls in the week running up to it so let let's see where we're at when we're much, much closer. We can see all the trends and we can make certain assumptions but the one thing I know as a journalist and a broadcaster working for 35 years, expect the unexpected. All sorts of things will happen in 2024 that you might... Think of. Now, the one prediction I will make and some people have been asking you when do we expect the general election to be which will be important to this particular podcast. Uh, I have a feeling that it's going to be November and there's two reasons why I think it's going to be November, one, obviously, is in the aftermath of the budget that the government is going to want to try and take credit for whatever, uh, bribing the electorate with its own money, whatever they can which find. Which rarely there. works. It really works. But the second thing, here's a more subtle thing, perhaps. I think the government is going to come on the basis of whatever happens in the US election and say, do you want to have the change of the type which is happening in the United States and risk institutions? Or if... Biden manages to win over Trump, you say look, this is what you need to do, you need to go with the stability of the same rather than risking change. Do Irish and political says, parties care about what happens in the US? No. No, I, I don't, don't know what I I Matt's musing about. You're missing know. my point. I don't know what he had for his you're lunch. You're missing but I mean... my point. <laughs> my point is, is that you sometimes have to take these bigger sort of ethereal concerns. A much inclusive. bigger issue
2: will be Keir Starmer winning a, a, a landslide in Britain. That's not going Britain, to be relevant to the Irish electorate, bo- they're not going to pay that much attention. Because they'll be more pro-European and the prospect of a border poll will open up but this is not a fad this is not an overnight this is a new generation deciding deliberately to vote differently to their parents and their parents' parties
1: Which means they could vote all over the place and you know they could even if it's not been reflected in the polls decide that they want their environmental concerns addressed by keeping the Greens in government So I said look all sorts of things are going to happen
2: Don't be worrying about the Greens You said I'm worried about the Greens, the, the, about the Greens.
0: All of those will be cannibalised
1: You're a secret Green uh, (laughs) (laughs)
0: out of curiosity do the two of you like each other well, I, I tolerate Matt. I mean,
2: like, <laughs> insofar as that, I respect he works extremely hard. He lets on, he just sort of whamuses through this. But he works very hard. He writes night and day uh, and he, he both edits and produces and everything, the last word. No no decent guest can get on the show. Uh, but anyway, the point about it is uh, I, I respect him. He's a cute corkman, which I have to make huge discount for. But in the end of the day, he gets the job done and he actually is a good contrast for me because he's six to. Five facts, he sticks to reality, Ivan, whereas I like to... do you like him? <laughs> oh, do I like him? i put it like this, I don't dislike him.
0: <laughs> Matt, I feel before we conclude I have to give you an opportunity to respond to that.
1: How do you respond to that? I mean, like, come on, it's the usual, Ivan, grandstanding. I mean, it's a bit like Trump, you know, do you take him literally or do you take him seriously?
2: You never quite know.
0: <laughs> well, if, if you want to hear any more of this conflict and bitterness, you can get it. It's interspersed with political analysis. It is the path to power. That's Matt Gruber and Ivan Yates. Guys, thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you, Anton. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With Nifty Business. Saturday morning at 9. On News Talk.